Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to the Friday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. So glad that you're joining me today. Another week and another weekend to enjoy. So don't forget to be in church on Sunday. Listen, don't just talk about going to church. Actually attend church and don't watch online. I know your church is like mine and probably offers online services. But you know, the intention of doing online services is not to give you an option to stay home. Really, we do that to reach people who are not going to church. And then if you have to be homesick or you're out of town, uh, you don't have to miss a week. But it's never been intended to be a chance for you to have an option to watch at home instead of going in person. Because there is something about gathering together corporately with brothers and sisters in Christ. So today, we're finishing up our series on 15 claims that only Jesus could make. But just before I get into the message... I want to put a plug in for the Hickory Ridge Community Academy. And this is an amazing opportunity. Maybe you're listening to me today and say, man, I love kids and I love to work with kids. I love to be in an environment where I can teach them the Bible and uh, I don't have to worry about uh, set curriculum that I don't agree with. I can teach God's word. I can love on these kids. If that is you, we have an opportunity that may fit into your desires. The academy that we have goes from six weeks up through kindergarten, and uh, we have about 180 students uh, all together in our before and after, uh, in our daycare, and our early learning center. If you are interested in working with kids, uh, you can call the church office or you can call me directly. The office number for the church is 757-421-7500. You can talk to my wife, Sherry, or you can talk to our ELC director, Gene Starling, and they'd be happy to help you. You can call me. I'll give you my direct line, 252-267-2365. And uh, if I don't pick up, I will get back to you just as quick as I can. And uh, I would love to tell you more about the opportunities at Hickory Ridge Academy. Uh, So touch base with us and we'll tell you more about it. We're talking today about 15 claims that only Jesus could make. You know, chances are good that your favorite Bible was printed in China. The overwhelming majority of Bibles sold are printed there, said Mark Bertrand of Bible Design. And he said, a lot of people have misgivings about that. Uh, Some of us, oh, our Bibles are printed in a communist country, communist China. Uh, Others are concerned about the economic situation, about what conditions these Bibles were produced under. The Chinese government's restriction of the Bible distribution is also troubling, said China aide Bob Fu. When brothers and sisters are being persecuted and arrested for their beliefs based on the same Bible, what does it mean to purchase an exported copy that says made in China? Well, China's only legal printer of the Bible, Amity Printing Company, published his first Bible in cooperation with the United Bible Societies in 1987. Since then, more than half of the 100 million Bibles printed every year have been printed in China, 50 million in 2019, making China the world's biggest Bible producer. Printing Bibles is more difficult than printing other types of books. It requires a certain amount of expertise. That's because of the specialized printing requirements for a complex book such as the Bible. Bibles require thin paper that cannot be fed into a standard printing machine. 
They have leather covers and they have stitchings in the bindings and color pages and special inserts uh, such as maps. So most printers outside of China do not have the range of facilities to manufacture the same Bibles. So many of our Bibles are coming from China. Now, I think that uh, that God has a, a little bit of a sense of humor, right? He says, I can even use a communist country that doesn't believe a word that's in that work, and I can use them to produce it to be passed out throughout the world. Uh, so I guess we could say that China, even though opposed to the message of Christ, is actually spreading the message of Christ by printing these Bibles. Well, let's get back to the subject of hand. 15 claims that only Jesus could make. And I'm going to review the ones that we've already done from the broadcast yesterday. I'll go through those kind of quick, and then we'll go through the last seven or eight that we didn't finish from yesterday. Claim number one, Jesus speaks it all. We're taking this out of the book of Hebrews chapter one. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. So Jesus speaks it all. He speaks to us through his word. Jesus himself says to his disciples in Mark chapter 4, when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. If you really want to know what Jesus is speaking, you got to be in his word and you got to spend time alone with him. I thank the Lord for sermons and podcasts and, and the opportunities to get the message out. But the way you learn most about Christ is through his word. He expounds it to us and it takes diligence and it takes time alone with him. Here's the second thing that Jesus claimed. Jesus claimed that he owns it all. Verse number two, Hebrews chapter one, whom he appointed heir of all things. Paul is talking about Jesus being appointed heir of all things. The psalmist weighs in on this in Psalm 24. He says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Throughout the New Testament, we have numerous examples where Jesus claims to own it all, or it is told of us that Jesus owns it all. All right, number three, Jesus made it all. He created all things. The second part of verse number two, Hebrews 1, and through whom also he made the universe. So he made it all. Number four, Jesus reflects it all. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. All of God's glory is reflected off of Christ. John 17, 5 tells us that Jesus said, and now, O Father, Glorify me through your own self, the glory which I have had with you before the world was. So Jesus is asking his Father to allow that reflection of the radiance of God to be shown on the earth, just as it has always been, even before the world was created. Jesus, number five, is authority overall or God overall. Verse number three, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So Jesus is over it all. We looked at John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh, verse number 14, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace 
and truth. And then Jesus claims to be one with his Father in John 10.30. Number six, Jesus sustains it all. All things by his powerful word. When Jesus speaks something, it is created, but it's also sustained. All things by his powerful word are sustained. He holds it all together. Number seven, Jesus forgives all. Verse number three, after he provided for the purification for sins. Now, all sins Jesus is able to forgive except rejecting the Holy Spirit. You think about all the sins that are are listed in the Bible. You think about all the sins that are possible to commit. Those sins are not what sends you to hell because those sins have already been paid for. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So when Jesus died on the cross, it covered all sins except rejecting of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in Matthew 12, 32, whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. Every believer ought to memorize Matthew 12, 32. Jesus forgives all except the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Number eight, Jesus is behind it all. He knows it all. He has sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Number nine, Jesus is worshiped by all. Verse number five, but to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I become your father, or again I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. So all creation one day will worship him, whether they want to or not. One day every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. The angels will be worshiping. Even the unbelievers one day will worship him. Now, if you wait until that time comes, you'd be forced to worship God. It's too late. We know that when the great white throne judgment takes place, the books are opened. If your name is in the book of life, you've already worshiped the Lord, but you're going to continue to worship him in all of eternity. If your name is not in the Lamb's book of life, you will worship him just before you are condemned. You will acknowledge him as God, but you'll be separated from him for all of eternity. Number 10, and uh, this is the last five that we're going to cover that we didn't cover yesterday. Number 10, Jesus is eternal, but about what the Son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He lasts forever. He doesn't change forever. He is the same forever. Hebrews 7, 3. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he remains a high priest perpetually. That means forever. Psalm 9, 7, and 8. But the Lord abides forever. He will establish his throne for judgment, and he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. Do you get what he is saying here? 
The psalmist says that the Lord abides forever. Now, God has placed eternity in our heart, but we haven't always been in existence. The soul, the real part of us, is going to live on eternity, but Jesus always has been, and he always will be. He has no beginning. He has no end because Jesus is eternal. Number 11, Jesus is justice. Uh, That's a big word in our culture today, isn't it? We want justice. 8 and 9, Hebrews 1, a scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and you have hated wickedness. Hebrews 6.10 says that God is not unjust. He'll not forget your work. He's not going to forget the love that you have shown him as you've helped other people and you continue to help them. You know, every act that you do, every act of righteousness, you know, other people may not know it. Other people may not appreciate it. Other people may not recognize it. But God is not unjust. He's not going to forget the work that you've done. He sees the work that you've done. You may not get the pat on the back. You may not get the compensation that you deserve. But Jesus is just. One day, every right will be rewarded. Every wrong will be made right. You see, God is not unjust. He's not going to forget your work and the love that you have shown. Jesus is justice. Number 12. Jesus is above all. He knows all things. Now we're down at verse number nine. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. God has taken his son, and though his son took on the form of the servant while he was here on this earth, even while he was here on this earth, he didn't stop becoming the exalted God. God himself says, I'm going to raise up my son. I'm going to set him above his companions. I'm going to anoint him with the oil of joy. When I think about my salvation, I think about the joy of the Lord, my salvation made possible by Jesus Christ himself. Paul weighs in deeper on this matter in Ephesians chapter 1. He says, Christ, when he was raised from the dead, he has seated him, God seated him, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all the rule and the authority and the power and the dominion and and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And I love Ephesians 1.22, and God put everything under his feet and made him head over everything for the church. Listen, Christ is the cornerstone. He is the foundation of civilization. He is the foundation of the church. That's why the church is so important. Christ died for the church, but now he is the one who is over the church. He is above everything. He knows all things. In John 16, 30, now we know that you know all things, referring to Christ, and you have no need for anybody to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Wonderful verses explaining the fact that Jesus is above all. Above his name, there is no other name. In Isaiah, Isaiah says the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, referring to Christ, the Spirit of wisdom and and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and strength, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord rest upon Christ himself. 
And in Isaiah 53, verse number 11, as a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and he'll be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Well, I want to encourage you to spend some time in the Word. Maybe you need to spend a little less time on social media. You know, most Americans yearn for the pre-internet world. That's right. A new poll has found 77% of middle-aged Americans between the ages of 35 and 54 years old want to return to a time before society was always quote-unquote, plugged in. A time before the always-on internet and cell phones in their pockets ruling their lives. But it wasn't just middle-agers. The poll also found that 63% of people aged 18 to 34 years old also wanted to go back to simpler times, even though most of them never experienced those days. Weirdly, fewer baby boomers want to go back with 60% of people older than 55 saying they want to return to the pre-internet days. But overall, taking the old and the young together, 67% said they prefer things as they used to be versus as they are today. Now, there's merit to the desire to go back. Take the work-from-home phenomenon that exploded in our world uh, as we sunk into COVID-19 and into the pandemic. Oh, sure, it was nice to be home, but when the advent of constant contact, being constantly connected, the workday often started earlier and worked longer, and as a result, we were constantly in contact with people. You see, getting back to the simple things, you know, all that is over, the COVID-19 Thank God is over. Bosses have no qualms about sending workers an email or a text at 9 p.m. asking for something to be done immediately. And forget that those hour-long lunches, what we used to call the lunch break, and we did it daily, taking off from noon to one, time to relax, recharge. Now it's a slam down a sandwich and type across an email, or and it never ends. Makes sense that most of us want to go back. Well, I'm happy to report that another claim that Jesus made is that Jesus is unchangeable. Like a garment, they will be changed. Verse number 12, but you remain the same, and your years never end. Hebrews 13, 7 and 8 says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you, Consider the outcome of their way of life and and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Warren Wiersbe talks about the hymn writer who wrote, Change and decay in all around I see. Change and decay are enemies to most people. Most people fear change and decay. When we're young, change is a treat. But as we grow older, change becomes a threat. But when Jesus Christ is in control of your life, you need never fear change or decay. When you are part of eternity, the decay of the material only hastens the perfecting of the spiritual. 
if you walk by faith in Christ. Which leads me to number 14. Jesus conquers it all. Verse number 13. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. You see, we worship our risen, living Savior who has promised to give immortality to all who believe on his name. No longer do men and women need to stumble in the fog and in the darkness of hopelessness. A light shines brighter than the noonday sun, offering hope to everyone who has been born again. Jesus promised, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. John 11, verses 25 through 26. You see, Jesus conquers it all. And I've got one final one to give you. The 15th claim that Jesus made is found in verse number 14. Jesus is compassionate beyond all. Verse number 14, are not all angels, ministering spirits, sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Romans 15, 17, follows up on this verse. So, I have reason to be enthusiastic about all that Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. You see, Hebrews 1, 5 cites Psalm 2, 7. I will tell the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. And then in 2 Samuel 7, 14, I will be to them a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the son of man. I want you to know as we look at this passage here that Jesus has compassionate beyond all If you sense any inkling of compassion in your life, it was given to you by Jesus himself. Hebrews 1.6 cites Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse number 43, where it says, Rejoice with him, O heavens, bow down to him, all gods, for he avenges the blood of his children, and he takes vengeance on his adversaries. He repays those who hate him, and he cleanses his people's land. So Jesus is compassionate. He's compassionate about the way, the truth, and the life that only he can give. Hebrews 1.7 cites Psalm 104. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. That zeal that is given to us by the Lord is given by Jesus himself. We should be zealous about the things that he is zealous about. Hebrews 1.8 cites Psalm 45, verses 6 and 7. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. You have loved righteousness and you have hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness and beyond your companions. Well, I could go on and on showing where Hebrews quotes the psalmist. In Hebrew, the book of Psalms is entitled a phrase that means song of 
praise. And since each of one of these psalms was originally crafted as a song, that makes psalms the first collection, the first hymnal of the Israelites. You see, God will share his glory with no one else. Jesus can reflect the radiance of God. I hope that you've enjoyed learning about these 15 statements that only Jesus can make. Why don't you express your love and appreciation to the Savior this weekend by going to church? Attend a church uh, uh, that teaches the Bible and, and lives the Bible. Attend a church that you can connect with philosophically, that you can go and be a blessing to that congregation, and there'll be a blessing back to you as both you and that congregation bring glory to God. Well, if you don't have a place to worship, I'd love to see you this Sunday. Hickory Ridge Community Church, 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. We're only about a 30-minute drive from any place in the greater Hampton Roads area. I'd love to see you. Just come in the big glass doors that say, Welcome Home. And we'll make you feel right at home, I promise you. I'd love to see you this weekend. God bless you. Have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you on Monday. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.